0: Hey, Jessica, welcome to Money Bites. Thank you so much for having me, Minky. Super excited. Uh, So I hear you are returning from an amazing trip in Mexico.
1: Yes, I just spent about a month there. It was so nice to just get away from the New York winter and like refresh and take a, a few weeks of break. And then now I just recently came back to New York. What was so amazing about it? And you kind of forget to discover all the things that the city has to offer. So I think like coming back to New York this year, I want to make use of all the interesting exhibits happening, the day trips, new restaurant openings. I think I could definitely make it a bit more vacation-like to be in New York.
0: Love it. I, I, <laughs> I love that mindset. Make your everyday life more vacation-like.
1: Yes. Let's see how that goes.
0: um it's also the case though that how you started a trip wasn't necessarily uh the best of circumstances Mm -hmm. do you mind sharing what happened in a few months back
1: yeah not at all um so what had happened was that in November I was part of um, a layoff at my company and it was Definitely. It took me by surprise since I was recently promoted. So since November until um, just recently, I was interviewing quite extensively. And thankfully, I actually was able to sign an offer after spending like a few days in Mexico. So I spent the rest of the month actually vacationing. But it was definitely um, an unexpected winter and fall.
0: (laughs) That must have been super shocking especially after a promotion
1: yeah I mean I guess it just goes to show how sometimes layoffs are not really personal and one to not reflect too personally on given that it could be other circumstances that like come to play
0: were there any signs from the company before that the layoff was coming
1: um there were a few articles externally um, so this is for Meta, and there was like some a few Wall Street Journal articles, some blind posts as well. But I think with like blind, this was I believe like about two or three weeks before. I never took anything too seriously, given that it's an open forum. But then as the weeks continued, there were more official-looking articles that sounded quite legit, and um, the executive team didn't really deny it. And then when it happened, according to the article, it just kind of happened. Like I logged in and was unable to, well, actually, no, I checked my email, both in my personal and work email. I had like a letter from like the leadership team kind of sharing the, the news. Oh my goodness. So yeah, it was definitely shocking. But at the same time, I think there was some sort of coordination that played with media. Coordination that played with media. Yeah, that. Like them working with yeah. i don't know wall street journal or some sort of leak so that it's a soft launch instead of the
0: complete hard launch
1: on that day do you i'm mind- not sure I just my assumption.
0: yeah no I, i've i've heard rumors of that floating around as well do you mind walking us through from 24 hours before you heard the news
1: Yeah, Uh, the news from like the article that was shared a week before or more so when it
0: happened and I was logged out. The layoff. So I remember, I I wasn't feeling that stressed. I remember, (laughs) but 24 hours before, my teammates were getting very anxious and there was just this, odd sense in the room just dooms coming (laughs) and it just yeah it just started becoming infectious and i remember like 24 Mm -hmm. hours before and then 12 hours before and then Mm -hmm. on the morning of it just was nothing like i've ever experienced that massive systematic layoff.
1: No, definitely. I mean, I was actually at the office having dinner there and it was such a strange eerie feeling cuz like everyone knew about what's to come and the lights were dimmed and there was actually really good food at the office that night. <laughs> and I was there chatting with one of my best friends who also actually works um at the company and we spoke every day and the 24 hours leading up to that she was really anxious and nervous she had like a group team chat I think personally for me I was actually okay like I think going into it I didn't expect to be laid off because I I was performing well and and I was also in a I thought was a high priority product but like I think beyond the feeling of thinking that it might not have happened to me if it did I also wouldn't mind given that I have been quite keen to explore um maybe the startup path, or even other types of roles. So I really didn't feel too anxious. So the 24 hour to that, I was just like, trying to prepare myself on what could happen. Um, knowing that if it does happen, I thought about the potential exit criteria, whether it be going to a startup space, starting something new, or even like, re-interviewing or like reaching out to people I was speaking to prior like when I was kind of softly recruiting so I I kind of made a few mental exit criteria on what I would do if I were to be laid off the next day and then I was which felt surreal but also somehow I did not feel I think the emotions I felt were more so on the positive side instead of negative which sounds kind of strange but I would say that kind of like summarized my experience. Like I felt almost like free and like excited to do something new. And I do think like that feeling comes from perhaps like a position of privilege, given that like I don't have a family, I have a really good like safety net cushion from previous savings. So I I felt thankful that like I can even experience such, you know, potential
0: feeling of freedom. I think this just goes to show the adage of always be interviewing mm-hmm. yeah I also love the fact that it wasn't the best of circumstances but you it, it kind of sort of almost gave you a boost in the direction that you wanted to go to and you made the best out of it mm-hmm. yeah definitely so how did Mexico sort of come about
1: yeah well, I think Mexico has always been in my radar like uh, meaning if, even if I was staying at meta, I would plan to had spend my like 30 day my global days there and escape winter. And I think like financially it also made or as soon as I got laid off financially, it really made sense because if I had subleased my apartment in New York while living there and taking another like Airbnb or a front sublease, I would have saved like I think I saved like 1500 just straight from rent. And then also food-wise, living costs and all of that is just much more manageable living outside of New York. So either I would have spent time in Mexico City for a month or maybe even San Diego where my family is. So I think that already financially played a role. And I think like, yeah, that was like the biggest thing. And then if I had stayed, I mean, it would have been great to work from there while being at Meta. But either or, I wanted to make it work and I'm glad that it worked um, the best way possible.
0: Sort of playing off of that, can you do what the two weeks after the layoff felt like and what you what, what were your priorities?
1: Yes. So after the two weeks, I'll like share the answer both in more so like in two ways, how I felt and then what I did. So starting with the feelings and emotions, it was a roller coaster of emotions, meaning it felt really surreal in that first day. And then I think as I kind of like gathered together who was also impacted, which actually my manager was impacted and like a few other peers that I was really close to, we kind of rallied ourselves together and there was a really strong community, even ones outside of my org. So despite feeling surprised in that first five hours, I think soon after, maybe 24 hours later to now, there's a huge like sense of belonging and bonding. And that felt really good. Like it was very clear that like those that were impacted or not impacted was eager to share resources and help each other out. There was a lot of Slack groups, a lot of LinkedIn groups, group messages on text, spreadsheets being put together to put to uh, to have like the alumni of those impacted and what field they're in. It was just like an overwhelming outpouring of resources and almost, and it made me feel good because prior to that I was already looking for a job a new or a new opportunity except in those periods I didn't have those resources I couldn't talk to my manager about it I couldn't get you know letters of recs but now that this has happened I'm essentially doing what I was already doing times 100 of like other things that I could amplify for this new job search so feeling wise it came from surprise to just like a sense of community and um feeling supported and like just like really checked in on i think like a lot of my even old managers that stayed or that was not impacted really did a great job at caring for us so i felt very grateful there in terms of what i did two weeks after the layoff i think the first thing was connecting with everyone i know who was impacted having these catch-ups talking to my manager who was also impacted herself and then Putting together like a list of to-dos and this was actually quite common in that group chat as well. So dates to have for unemployment or like signing the severance package or um, like what to do to return our stuff or even like like how will life look like as we plan out the post-work life um, and what dates should we be mindful of. I think after having that together, I mean, it's kind of funny. I was part of the, okay, it's not funny, but like I was part of this like product marketing Slack channel of people that got laid off. And then someone even made like an MPD, which is like a master product doc of what to do, <laughs> post layoff. So it was just so product tech people like of us to do that. So there was that. And then that was just very incredibly helpful. And after raining down all the logistics That was when I started to revamp my resume, rebuilt my website, and then applied aggressively, I think to the point where like, I I think after four days of finding out, I started applying to at least like 10 to 15 jobs a day. And then following that, I started getting interviews um, around week two post layoff. Yeah, so that was my approach. I think there's a few other approaches as well where a few people took breaks. They went on vacation for a month and started in January instead of waiting, instead of doing so in December. Um, It was just kind of all across the board. But for me, it was a huge priority to find something as soon as I can. Just because like, yeah, I I didn't really care too much for the break. I mean, I did get a break eventually, but that was my approach the first few months.
0: So a, a question here there is a lot of concerns and talk about how volatile the job market, especially in the tech sector right now is. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like that or you were able to relatively find a new position, a, a better position, uh, more akin to what you were looking for fairly fast?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think despite the economic downturn and like how layoffs are really happening, I actually think there's still a decent opportunity. I think the headlines make it more scary than it looks because even for Meta itself, right after the layoffs, you know, to, I think a month or two later, actually January. Yeah. As soon as January hit, there was a huge influx of open product like product positions from a contractor point of view. So it was clear that they like made a mistake and overfired or overlaid off. Um, so like that for one already shows that there's like a huge, there's a lot of opportunities in the contractor space, at least for like big tech. I also felt like for startups, many of them were trying to take advantage of all the talents that were available. So like yes, they are still being sparse in their recruiting, but they want to make do. Um, of like what's in the market at the moment despite the headlines I did feel like there were opportunities and the way I saw it influxed looked like the following so November December not so much maybe a few and then January I think that's just the nature of the quarter there was a huge influx in hiring and then um, especially starting like February ish as well it was just there was a lot like decent amount of opportunities I'd say But of course, competition's higher. And I noticed that pay ranges were a little bit lower. Thankfully, the role that I took paid well. But when I was interviewing amongst the others, it kind of felt like it was an employer's market instead of the job seekers market, where they were stern on sticking to that level. And I asked, or not level, the range. And when I asked why they shared it was due to like, the economy and how, like usually, they would have more flexibility, but in this situation, they really don't.
0: So I thought that was a really interesting common pattern. Two follow-up questions here. One is, you already noted that while there is resilient demand, there's also a lot of supply right now. What do you think mm-hmm. it, that helped you stand out so that you mm-hmm. land a job relatively quickly? And the second question was totally makes sense from the company's perspective on economy being one, but if they have the power to do so, then being a bit more strict on the salary offers, Mm -hmm. even in that situation, were you still negotiating?
1: 100%. Oh,
0: okay. I'll answer the two
1: questions according Uh, to the order. So starting with what made me stand out, I mean, truly, I don't know, but I would like to say that having a website really made me feel confident and was a great form of personalization and also just showcasing a bit of my, how I work maybe differently than others. So in this website, I showcased speaking engagements that I've done according to my topic or my, my field I also highlighted a lot of, instead of having like projects I've done, because oftentimes it's confidential, I actually wrote a lot of articles that showcase my like theories in product development or product growth or um, road mapping or even working with like XFN partners. So I think by showcasing like that, I was able to highlight my soft skills and also the thought process on how I'd approach a problem like a rebrand or even something like building the first product marketing function in a startup and what I did and who I partnered with. I think a lot of that really just showcased my experiences on a more, uh, on an elaborated level. And that was also really helpful because as, as I started having about like maybe nine to 10 articles, every time I would have an interview and again, the interviews always talked about, Oh, tell me like, it would ask about scenarios of how I approach a certain problem in a product marketing capacity. And so a great way to have these articles is that after I would end these interviews, I'd have a a thank you follow-up email. And then I would always reference like something we talked about in that call and link my article. And naturally they would see how that website has a bunch of other articles, It even has my references from previous managers, like literally quotes, also awards I've won and like speaking speaking opportunities that, that I did. So I think I would like to say that that helped me, but of course I never really know. And I think every employer looks for something different. Maybe one looks for someone who can build things, one who's looking to just execute. And I think what that website communicated was that like, as a candidate, I'm willing to perhaps go the extra mile to just showcase how I stand out in a very competitive space.
0: (laughs) Did you create the website way before or was this
1: after? I've always had websites like since college because I've always like wanted internships that were way above my means. Can I never had experiences? So I've always like had websites but there's always different versions of it. And of course, as I go into different chapters of my career, the positioning and messaging is very different so right now it's very clear that my target audience is a hiring manager because otherwise i wouldn't have my references my resume and all of that there was like an iteration where i once had like a travel blog so like the website was more like travel and personal oriented but yeah this it's the website has come a long way it has its many personalities according to that chapter of life But in this case, it was hyper-tailored for hiring managers because I did communicate that I was laid off.
0: I am so impressed. It's (laughs) Jay, this is is seriously amazing. Um, Oh, one
1: last note. Okay, I guess like to answer your question about like how I got this opportunity despite it, or like, yeah, I got the opportunity and it was almost better than my previous role. So actually for this role specifically, I made a landing page for them like that was only accessible to the loop, the entire loop. So it was uh, a personalized landing page that talked a little bit about my experiences in the ad space. I'd say like what helped me stand out was also having that separate landing page where I detailed, I hyper detailed my experiences in that field specifically. And in the product that I was doing or the product I'm entering, it's for augmented reality. And thankfully I had experience doing so in the previous role. So I really shared a bit about how I viewed challenges and opportunities in the industry, how this company compares to other competition. It was a very interesting section that showcased just my experience within augmented reality. And it was really positioned as if I was an expert. Um, I mean, I yeah, I guess in a way, like I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I've had experiences in that. So I'm sure that really helped cement the
0: <laughs> oh my goodness I'm seriously girl crushing right now that is oh my gosh
1: cool. <laughs> I'll show it to you uh, later I would
0: love to see it I if I were to do something similar I wouldn't even know where to start yeah
1: How- are you kidding me you have so much to share I guess you'd have to just think about what you want your audience to be, because when I first made a website, it was a bit sloppy in a sense that like I talked about professional things. I talked about like my personal life Um, and it just was a little bit all over the place. But in this case, I knew exactly why I needed the website and it's to get a job, like a new job ASAP. So that really helped tailor it down. You're so cool.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Miki. (laughs) All right. So you get the offer. The employers, all employers are playing hardball right now. How? Mm -hmm. Well, first off, did you have multiple offers?
1: Yes, I did. So I had. I think I had about two and as soon as I and there were two that I was very happy with. So as soon as that happened, I felt like the rest of the interviews I kind of just like stopped it in the pipeline and they were also formal offers as well. So I felt confident in like withdrawing from the other interviews. But to be honest, as soon as I got the offer from this next role that I'm taking, I knew I wouldn't have even considered any other ones. And even if the salary was not as good, I literally would have taken it because I would have I really wanted to work there and moving from Meta to this new company to me is not, to me is like, it was a great like step. Um, So to answer your question, yes, I had two offers. I still negotiated. So actually with the company I'm going to next, initially it was like a verbal soft offer, kind of asking about my range and how I feel about next steps, where I am with other candidates. I shared that I felt really good and I'm very eager to move forward. And this is the range that I'm going for. I shared, I shared a higher range than I I just shared a higher range because I remember in the job posting. They put the numbers down. And that if they could, you know, if they can confidently share that publicly, then that means that this is something that people can achieve in that role. So I used some of the numbers I saw. I mean, not to the high extent as what was on the job posting, but at least higher than what just on the higher side. And so she, sh- and then when the recruiter got back to me, she shared that this was like that range is a bit higher than they initially was going to slot me in for in terms of leveling. But if I'm open to speaking, to um, another person that was going to be in the interviewer, perhaps they can give me a better offer or even put me at a different level. And so I said, yes, why not? And so I had an additional like informal interview just to learn more about my leadership skills, how I've influenced um, executives and where I want to go in my career. And thankfully after that call, she shared with me that like I was able to, I'm entering at a different level than the one that they were initially going to swap me into. Yeah. So I felt just insanely excited and happy. And then when she gave like the number, I was more than happy to take it. I I mean, I do think for that level, maybe the number is, I think the number is okay. And I was thankful, but yeah. So that's what happened with the first role. And immediately I knew I was going to take it. And then for the second one, I wanted to at least have like a backup or somewhere that I feel comfortable. That one I did negotiate, but it was just so incomparable to the offer that I received that I knew even if they can like bump it up even by 10,000, it wouldn't have matched. So like I I shared with them that, oh, this is my second offer. I understand that it's much higher, but- what can you increase with what is presented? And they were only able to increase like 5,000. And they understood. I mean, I had a really great time speaking with that team as well. And I followed up with them on LinkedIn and like just thanked them again and wanted to just stay in touch with them yeah. despite not joining. Yeah.
0: Just killing it. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, too. So when we say... It was an okay offer and you got mm-hmm. a higher level and a higher offer. Are we talking about total comp?
1: Yes. Well, both base and total comp.
0: Gotcha. And you negotiated on both?
1: Yes. But I was very surprised by what they came back with in terms of like, like the stock options.
0: If you are creating a customized landing page <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> this Hell yeah, they should be coming back with a higher offer. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. One thing that you mentioned on why you were so excited about this new role was it's a different role from the one you had previously, right? It's a completely different. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess like there are overlaps. Um But I would say in Meta, because the teams are larger, it's broken down to like smaller product parts, whereas this one, it's a smaller team. And so I would do the same role as I did at Meta in addition to other product launches or like go to markets or research and so on.
0: Do you mind sharing your role in the salary range? Like just very generally-
1: Yes. Um, No, I don't mind at all. Uh, So the roles that I was interviewing for was for product marketing manager. Um, I was really aiming for senior PMM roles since I've done that prior to Meta as well. And at Meta, I was a program manager in product testing, which really sits within also product marketing as well as we consult and help PMMs bring new products to market.
0: Amazing. And was there a jump in salary from your meta position to your uh, new Mm -hmm. role?
1: Yes. So I'm not sure if it's like a jump because of like the scope, because obviously for this new role, the scope is is much, much wider. Or if it's also in addition to the fact that the leveling is different. And I do know that this next company is known for having a higher uh, competitive salaries, so at Meta, I was making closer to like an early six-figure number, so like 110 to 130 ish, and that's like base without bonus um, and the stock options. I think in stock options, I got like closer to like fifty thousand, but I never really consider that. Like for the stock options, I I don't think of it as like a take home. It's more of a nice to have, and I guess everyone has a different view on it. And then for this next role regardless where I go I wanted to aim for at least 150 or above and I think base really like to me is most important because that's what I see as a take-home especially because New York is so expensive so I was aiming for like 150 or above and then I guess like for stock options I didn't have any specifically in mind for base it, not base for bonus it's like a nice to have and then so with the two offers that I got one of them was a little bit less than that, but didn't really have stock options until you get to a director level. They did have a bonus option though. I think it was 15%. And then when I, for the role that I took, it was um, a bit above uh, 150. And then I think what surprised me most was the was the stock options, which was like essentially like over 200,000. And it would vest like in um, three years. And I was like, okay, I... Sure. Like I was just like really surprised. Well, actually, no, I wasn't because I had friends who were product managers who got like offers for 400,000. So starting was like 200 and then they had like 200 plus in stock and then bonuses. So knowing that that was possible for product managers, like I wanted to see what was possible for product marketing. Like it doesn't match that number. It's not close to that number, but it's definitely higher than like what I would have gotten if I stayed at Meta.
0: There is a lot of study that shows if you just stay at one company for a really long time versus jumping every two to three years, yeah. quite a significant difference in the yeah. ultimate not that you, you're able to bring. So yeah, for, for your career, if... Salary increase is one of the vectors that you're you're targeting, um, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a firm believer that it should be, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> jumping every every few years uh, to to not only explore you know like you said bigger scope, new challenges, but also mm-hmm. to increase compensation. Totally makes sense. Why do you consider RSUs nice to have?
1: I th- I try to think of it as like like a like a bonus bonus meaning like um I wouldn't want to base my monthly spendings on what I could potentially get out of my yearly bonus or what my RSUs could be worth. The way I view bone like the bonus and RSU is that like I can live my life month to month with my base, and then let's say if I perform well or the company performs well, it'll bring me to another direction unexpectedly in terms of like money rsus are not like a guaranteed like trajectory or like monetary amount
0: why isn't rsus a guaranteed monetary amount well i guess because like they could be i mean they are
1: guaranteed but eventually be evaluated less uh, be worth less in a year or two So I think ideally for me, I don't know if this is the right way of thinking it, but I would hold on to these, the RSUs for like five years, maybe 10 years, and then hopefully have that grow, um, have that grow or sell if it does do really poorly. Um, But ideally, I would probably hold on to
0: it. Gotcha. So you're holding on to your RSUs rather than um, diversifying it? into other Mm, wait
1: i'm actually curious because i don't think i don't know if my approach is right like i'm not like adamant about it what are your thoughts and like how have you seen the best practices of it i mean at meta i only got about like 50 or 55 for the course of four years and of course like in the next company is much larger so i should probably be more careful and vigilant about what i can do to optimize it but um yeah like what are your thoughts actually
0: I think there are pros and cons to both. So, okay, the holding on to your RSU is if you're really, really uh, invested and in, believe in the future mm-hmm. of that company, and believe there is going to be mm-hmm. sustained hockey stick growth, then mm-hmm. and if you're willing to take that bet, then why not go along the ride? Mm-hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. Ron, and one of the reasons why some of the folks who do diversify is the argument that your salary is already linked to the performance of the company. So, Mm -hmm. if you also maintain your RSU, then you're sort Mm -hmm. of double risking your livelihood.
1: Right, that's actually very true. I think I'll need to like rethink that my own approach because it was very hands off, and I think there's more pro there's more proactive ways to go about it so you're making the most out of the situation.
0: You can also do don't forget um like a mix of both. You don't have to necessarily do all or nothing, yeah, I think I would definitely do a mix to diversify as opposed to like all or nothing. I think a great question that you can ask yourself is if the company gave you the same amount mm-hmm. of RSUs as a cash bonus, would you actually go mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. the same amount in your company equities? Oh, that's such a good question. I would definitely take the cash
1: bonus. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Okay>. uh... <laughs>
0: if, that if that's actually, the case, then maybe, uh, puts, yeah. yeah. You're, maybe you should uh, lean more to diversifying. That, that's actually like a really
1: great way to put things into perspective I did see though in terms of how the trajectory of the company was doing I joined at a time where it's like at an all-time low so I think they they opened in the market at like 20, 20 or 27 and then in the past three years I think their peak was like I want to say 79 or like high 70s for a stock. And now I joined when it was like about $9 or 10. So I was thinking about it. And like, if I stayed for a few years and if they ever go back to 70, well, I think that would be a great investment. But of course, I'm not
0: sure. Mix it up, mix it up. If you are going to diversify, it would just remind you that um, you would want to Uh, sell your position on the day when it gets vested so that you don't incur any um, Mm -hmm. capital gain taxes
1: okay all right I'll have to look into that because
0: I feel like I'm going to forget (laughs) we can can (laughs) talk more about it offline yes this is amazing Um, yes so one of the last questions that I'd like to ask is having gone through all of this mm-hmm. um, and also, I mean, it worked out really well for you. I, I'm so, so happy for you, Jay. I feel really lucky <laughs>
1: because I, I'm i not sure. I, feel, I really feel like if I received this, even when I was still working at Meta, I definitely would have um, taken it. Mm.
0: I, it's It's amazing how it played out. But mm-hmm. I think it has also awakened, at least for me, it has mm-hmm. the precariousness of working for another big man. <laughs> or yes. Um, yes. Being an employee, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. Curious. Has this experience changed any way that you're going about your personal finance?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think for one, it's to, okay, a few. First of all, um, it's to, every year, I think it's very important for one person to have like a set number, Let's whether it's a salary or a saving or whatever like numerical goal you have. I do think it's important because um, before coming, New York two years ago, I remember I had like a five-year loose goal of what I'd like to achieve for my my yearly salary. And I, I said in 2023, I wanted to have at least 150. And I was able to definitely surpass that. And like, Ooh. I think that just helped me, like going into the job market, know what my standards are and why. And after I did a little bit more digging about how much people are paid in the space, I, I even figured out 150 is not even like, it's more on the lower end. And also after interviewing and sharing, testing different numbers, it kind of just like helped me optimize what I can target on the higher end. So one, the lesson is to have a number in mind. It doesn't have to be a salary. It could even be a saving or an investment or like just some sort of number each year you'd like to have. And I would encourage you to do that for like maybe every three years to have like a a projected three-year number. Second, in terms of job hopping, um, I I think for me, I don't like that I've jumped roles almost every two or one and a half years. I really don't like that because I want to go back to a space where I can be an expert. But I definitely think if you're not happy with your job or don't feel like you're being paid for it, I would really encourage you to test out the market and see how much you could be worth. Because, like, for me, I let's say if I were still working in my old company, I probably wouldn't have like tested as much, meaning I wouldn't have known what my own salary potential was. And so like having done so showed me that like every company has a different number, but continue testing and don't pigeonhole yourself to a number you think you may have because it could be much higher. So that's the second lesson. I would say the third lesson is like the importance of having a financial cushion or like your quote unquote savings fund or emergency fund. Um, I've been saving my emergency funds since probably like my first job in high school when I was like a math tutor. And like, for me, like when I got laid off, I didn't really see a huge change in how I like spent. I mean, I'm a frugal person in general, but like, I think knowing that I had a really like thick safety net, it helped me just kind of go about things like, I guess in a more healthy or like a mentally stable way, as opposed to taking the first job that I get or feeling a bit more desperate on um, where next. So that really helped me. Otherwise I probably would have taken like another lower paying job and maybe not even get this offer like four or three months later. So for those who like think about saving and investments I think it's really important to just have like a good cushion in case something happens. And um, that really helped me give like a peace of mind of like
0: what happens after like
1: November and the layoff.
0: Jay, one thing that I'm realizing through all of these discussion is you are a prepared woman. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I do plan. I do plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it, it's it's also not the case that you have no serendipity or like spur of the moment uh, yeah. experiences. It's It's like, yeah, you're so cool, man.
1: I think you're cool. That's how I felt when we went hiking the other time. You'll need to come back, hopefully, to the city,
0: or I'll vi- visit you back out again. That'll be awesome. We're both cool. Let's let's keep it at that. <laughs> this was so fun.
1: Yeah. Um, anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one.